Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Hardcore Hockey Podcast. I am your host, of course, Darius Dominguez. That never changes. I am always here. You can find me on Twitter at Darius Dominguez or on my Instagram at Darius D Media. You can find me on Facebook as well under the fan page Darius Dominguez or you can add Darius D Media as well. Uh, on today's episode, we have a jam-packed episode and I also want to touch on some Don Cherry stuff just to lay it to rest to start. But uh, we're also going to be talking about the Leafs because apparently I got in a time machine last week and we're in 2015 again and they're garbage again. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, some key players on the Montreal Canadiens uh, being out of their lineup. We're going to talk about how Kovalchuk has been ghosted by Todd McClellan uh, and the stadium, uh, the new stadium series jerseys, which uh, of course there is a new stadium series game coming up soon and of course you didn't know about it either because you didn't know about the heritage classic until the day before as well as i did um as well we're going to be talking about in chl news some of the standings some uh outstanding performances we're going to talk about how the steelheads traded a fan favorite and a locker room favorite and adam varga last week uh, i think maybe to shake up the team a little bit but we'll get into that uh we finally got our chl on sportsnet schedule for the entire year um, last week, uh, you could see about half of the schedule, but finally, I think on Saturday afternoon, they announced the entire schedule, including a Steelheads game that is on Sportsnet next Saturday. Uh, we're going to be talking about the new OHL video uh, rules, the new review rules. Um, they wanted to implement them at the start of the year um, for all teams, but now that all the teams in their arenas have the appropriate software and, um, I guess, cameras and all the... Uh, you know, the appropriate equipment in the right spots. They're finally enforcing these new rules starting, I guess, last weekend. Uh, and uh, obviously, if for those of you who follow the OHL, Hamilton won a crazy game that we're going to talk about. It was more points than the Carolina Panthers scored, which is a football team yesterday. Uh, and we're going to have a serious discussion uh, about the CHL app about halfway through the episode. Uh, we have to talk about the CHL app because... Nobody likes it so far, and I've kind of been indifferent about it, but I've started to hear some complaints, you know, over the last couple of weeks, and then I started using the app more, you know, frequently because they got rid of the other individual apps, and we got to talk about this thing because it's not great. Um, so I wanted to start off the episode with most of yours who is watching this, to be honest, and and the biggest fan base in probably all of hockey, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I wanted to start with this. Uh, sorry for the noise, moving the mic a little closer. Um, now, the Maple Leafs have been god-awful this year. There's no sugarcoating it, all right? Um, and if you, you look at the standings, uh, the Atlantic Division standings, uh, the Bruins are running away with the division this year for sure. But the Canadians are now in second place uh, with 26 points. Then you got the Panthers in third. And then you have the Buffalo Sabres in fourth. And then come the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're not even going to talk about Tampa Bay because we know what they can do. And also, fun tidbit, everybody going, oh, the Maple Leafs, they're, you know, they're in fifth place in the Atlantic, which is awful, by the way. Oh, but the Lightning are still behind them. Oh, but the Lightning have played five less games. The Leafs um, have nine wins through their first 
22 games this year. That's bad. Um, they only have 22 points, and obviously, you got to make up some ground if you want to even make the playoffs, man. They're not even going to make the playoffs at this point. Now, here's my thing. Everyone is calling for Babcock to be fired. Everyone and their grandma is calling for Babcock to be fired. Now, as much as I think something should change, there should be a shakeup, for sure. Um, firing him right now, I don't know. Because teams, good teams go through ruts like this. And if you listen to Sundin, um, Matt Sundin gave his comments to Sportsnet over the weekend because he was back in Toronto. Um, that he said that in different markets, they preach patience and sometimes it works and they get out of these little, you know, losing streaks. But in Toronto, everything's now, now, now. There's no real patience. They want to fire the coach. You know, let's go, let's go. On the other side of things, um, the Penguins, for example, fired their coach. They fired their coach, I think, either before Christmas or just after Christmas twice and won the Stanley Cup both times, 2008-2009. Uh, they fired uh, Michelle Therrien, I believe, and then hired Dan Bilesma. They won the cup that year. And then I can't remember who was their coach in 15-16 um, going into Christmas, but they fired him, hired Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson, um, who is their coach now, and I hope I'm getting the name right. And they won the cup that year and the year after that. So on the other side of things, probably for sure fire Mike Babcock and bring in another guy and win the cup because that's what you want to do. And I'm not trying to wait another 50 years. So even though I didn't wait the entire, I'm only 21, um, getting sick of it though, personally, can't imagine other people. So they got to turn things around quick and they're on a six game road trip right now, obviously including, um, the games they played on the road or the, the Penguins game in Pittsburgh, whatever that was, that wasn't even a game. They didn't even show up. Uh, that was awful. So they got to figure it out on this road trip. And they play the Colorado Avalanche, who are no joke of a, of a team this coming Thursday. So they got to they gotta play. And what I hated, too, is thank God there's no back-to-backs on the rest of this road trip. Because they called up Casimir Kaskasuo and just fed him to the Wolves. He played great. I thought he played a great game, and he still led in six goals because I don't know what was in front of him because it wasn't a team. And they have to fix that quick. Or else they're just not going to make the playoffs, and that's the way it is. And if they don't make the playoffs, Babcock for sure. See you later, dude. Sayonara. Pack your bags. Later, dude. Also, that's at the end of the season if they were to not make the playoffs. For sure. Sayonara. But if they lose a few more games, even I would say two games on the rest of this road trip, and they're like embarrassing, see you later, dude. Pack your bags. We'll catch you on the flip side. Now, to shake things, Trevor Moore didn't travel with the, the, with the team to Vegas or Pittsburgh because he hurt his shoulder against Boston on Friday. Um, therefore, they have to call somebody up because they're running out of bodies. And they decided to call up Pierre Engvall. Now, you might be saying, who? Um, don't blame you. But I like him. Last year in 70 games for the Toronto Marlies, he only had 32 points. Um, but it was a breakout season for him. Uh, obviously, first time in uh, North America. North America, 
North American style, you know, playing with Sheldon Keefe and whatnot, had a good playoffs as well uh, with seven points in 13 games. This year, 15 games played, 16 points, point-a-game player. He's getting the minutes he deserves. Um, and he's a, he's a little bit of a gritty player. You know, he, he has he's a big guy, throws his body around a little bit, and now he's showing that in North America, in North America, he can score goals and put up points. He has seven goals, nine assists, not just one goal or and whatever assists to make up those points. He's playing well. So, um, Trevor Moore goes on the IR. They call up Pierre Engvall. My question is, can we call up Sheldon Keefe now? Because I'm done. Something's got to change. You call up Pierre Engvall? Hey, buddy. Take the private jet. But before you board... Call your boy Sheldon so he can join us in Vegas. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is this thing going around with the Leafs where people think that they aren't playing for each other. And as much as it looks like that, I feel like they're just kind of defeated mentally and they don't want to play for their coach anymore. And it's almost obvious that that's what it is. But at the same time, People have this thing where, like, oh, Tyson Berry got blown up at center ice one game and nobody fought anyone. It was a good hit anyway, so why would you fight anyone? But I understand the concept um, that, you know, you want to stand up for your teammates or whatever, and they want people who can do that. So people have this idea that we should trade the odd man out, William Nylander, for a tough guy. Um, and I just want to know why. Because William Nylander, as soon as you trade him, will become the whatever team you trade him to, probably their best player, and will show you that he is. And he's had a great season so far, and also eclipsed the amount of goals he scored last season. And I know he only started playing in December, but that's a lot of months, and he's only played two months so far, and he has more goals than that. So he's finally playing up to his potential, and his deal looks amazing in retrospective now. In retrospect. Um, so why would you trade a guy like that for a tough guy? Or like a tough guy who can score? How about you have a guy who can just put points on the board? Because I like those. How do you win hockey games? You put points on the board. Why would you trade a guy who does that? Doesn't make sense to me. And I'm not incredibly smart especially about hockey but it makes sense to me that you would want to keep a guy who puts points on the board especially a guy who plays as well as he does with your team's best player austin matthews so the something has got to give and has to change in leafland and that's for sure and one other thing about bobcock that really frustrates me is you first of all you go into friday's game against boston who thought that they were going to win that game because i didn't you're not winning that game you go into games like that knowing you're going to lose and everybody knows you're going to lose and then you play the back-to-back -back against a pittsburgh team that doesn't have matt marie in net chris letang Patrick Hornfist, Sidney Crosby, and you lose 6-1 to one with a backup goalie who's playing his first NHL game and actually played quite well, in my opinion. 
and you don't change a single thing about your lineup. And the only reason Jason Spezza scored on Saturday was because he was in the lineup, and the only reason he was in the lineup is because Babcock had to put him in the lineup. If he had the bodies, he wouldn't, and that doesn't make any sense anymore. So, I finally saw on Twitter today uh, that they were changing up the defensive lines, and hallelujah, because Tyson Berry hasn't done a single thing since he's been here, and I don't know if it's his fault, or Babcock's fault, or anybody else's fault, he hasn't done anything, and you continue to play him with Jake Muzzin, who Jake Muzzin in the last four or five games, six games, hasn't done much, or this little, you know, when the skid kind of started, hasn't done much, and... Like, change it up. Do something different. CC looks brutal with Riley. Put him with someone else. Put him on the third pairing. Put Dermot with Riley. Do something else. Put Hall with Riley. Do something else. Let's not talk about the Leafs anymore. So, moving on to the Montreal Canadiens. The Montreal Canadiens, uh, as you saw, Jonathan Drouin needs surgery on his wrist. And I believe Paul Byron, who's one of their fastest skaters, needs surgery on his knees, which... You need your knees to skate fast. He is a fast skater. Needs surgery on it. Won't be playing. So they're out for the indefinite future. Uh, or indefinitely, I guess. Same thing. Um, obviously, no timetable for return. That's a huge blow because the Habs are playing great. They're second in the Atlantic right now behind Boston. Not by much. I believe they have 26 points. They have 26 points. Bruins only have 29. Same amount of games played. 11-5-4. and four. That's a good record. So, and I know a lot of people give Jonathan Drouin a hard time. He's a good player. Okay. And you probably need your your better team with him in your lineup than not just the way it is. Paul Byron, you know, he's one of those heart and soul guys you need on a team. He's a good player as well, fast skater. They need him. Let's move on to something I thought was incredibly interesting, which is Ilya Kovalchuk basically got kicked off the LA Kings, except he's still on the team and doesn't know what's going on. So, reported by Sportsnet um, last week, um, or I should say Elliot Friedman tweeted out that there is word this afternoon that LA has informed Ilya Kovalchuk he will be out of the lineup for the foreseeable future, which to me means, see ya, you're not on the team anymore. Uh, but he's welcome to practice with the club, uh, but he will not be playing. I don't know what that means. Like, hey, player guy that we signed for an incredible amount of money and an incredible amount of years, especially because of what age you are, things are going horrible, and we don't want you to play for us, but you're welcome to show up every day, use our resources, and practice with our players that we don't also don't want you around. Um odd to say the least um and Kovalchuk told the media on uh, last Thursday that he doesn't know what was reported that he's a regular player whatever that means also you can't be a regular player if you're paid to not be a regular player you should probably score some goals um everybody's got a healthy scratch and we're in last place so coach has to do something to change things hey Mike take some advice but and I'm just here every day for the guys, for the team, and if they need me, I'm ready to go. This is odd. I understand changing up things, 
but like try and trade him then? I guess you can't because he's got that over 35 contracts. Hard to, you know, uh, get rid of it or bury it or, you know, buy him out or whatever. Um, probably don't sign that contract because you're a rebuilding team anyway. But now you now you're in the now you're in the mess. So you got to deal with it. Um, and him being out of the lineup for the foreseeable. I mean, they're last. They're in last place. You got to do something to, to shake things up. But also, it's just odd. And I know they're trying to trade Tyler Toffoli as well, um, just to get something back from him, uh, back for him because I think his deal is up at the end of this year. Weird man, what a weird team! This team won the two Stanley Cups in three seasons uh, five years ago. Don't know what they're doing anymore. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't even know why. It, even if you're changing things up, how bad is Kovalchuk playing? You know, I could be wrong. Maybe he deserves to sit. Moving on. To the stadium series, which I didn't even know was happening, between the Colorado Avalanche and the Los Angeles Kings, segue, um, next year in Colorado. The LA Kings have not, to my knowledge, announced their jerseys yet. I would assume they would go back to something classic or just the all-whites like they did a few years ago. However... The Colorado Avalanche jerseys have leaked, and I have a lot of friends who like them, and I know a lot of people like them. And if you haven't seen them, they're in the video podcast on YouTube right now. It should be in the bottom corner. Or if you've seen them on social media, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're listening to this, Google it or watch the video podcast on YouTube. These, in my opinion, including jerseys that teams wore in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the ugliest jerseys you can see, are a top 10 ugly jersey of all time. This is a top 10. Forget Nashville's. Forget Nashville's. Okay? This, to me, is a top 10. I understand what they're trying to do. But it's a top 10 ugly jersey of all time. It kind of resembles... Their home jerseys now, but like their alternates as well from a few years ago. I don't believe they wear them anymore. The the or no, maybe they do with the C. Or anyway, it was their winter classic jersey from a few years ago. Kind of resembles that with the color and the design. However, there's a white stripe going around, and then it kind of comes up to the neck and makes like an A, and then it has like two triangles in the middle to complete the A and kind of make it look like an avalanche. And it's incredibly ugly I don't even know what it's it doesn't even look right like there's too much white or something it's all over the place the 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 collar up here shouldn't be white I get why I understand what they were trying to do oh but dude they're so ugly and like the middle the the maroon or whatever color that is in the middle kind of looks like it's a different material than the rest of the jersey in the picture I see at least. Oh, what are you doing there, man? And the white stripe goes all the way. Oh my god. And it's an A. Like we get you have one of the best logos in sports. Real like seriously. Colorado Avalanche, it's an A with the hockey puck. You've seen it. 
So what should we do for our stadium series jerseys? Because we've got to make another one because we've got to make new jerseys every time we play in these games. Let's put an A. Okay, I'm with you because that's our logo. Let's put an A. I'm with you. So what do you want to do with the A? Cool, you know, new design? No, no, no. Just an A. Oh, like you want to make it a different color? Like what do you want to do with the design? No, no, no. Same colors as our home jerseys. But just put a gigantic white A in the middle of it. Well, I don't know, Tom. This might be a top 10 ugly jersey of all time. Nailed it. That's what I'm going for. That's how I imagine the meeting went. Hey, guys, we need a new jersey for our stadium series because we got to make one for every time we play in one of these games, just like every other team. Any ideas? Hey, let's put an A in the middle of it. Just a white A. Sounds like it might be a top 10 ugly jersey of all time, but let's go for it. Um, I don't like these jerseys. Moving on. <laughs> the uh, last week, I believe on Wednesday, the Mississauga Steelheads, we're moving on to CHL news now. The Mississauga Steelheads announced that they had traded forward Adam Varga to the Ottawa 67. Uh, Ottawa 67s in exchange for a six-round pick in next year's draft. Um, Varga is a 2001-born player. He is 18. Uh, he has played in 63 career games. Sorry, 63 games for the Steelheads last year. So almost an entire season. And he had 15 points. Varga, his, uh, historically, over his three seasons, doesn't necessarily put up all the points. But he didn't necessarily get all the ice time either. And I feel like it's because he didn't, he had so much, he has so many skills, but he couldn't put it all together at once. Like he's so fast, such a great skater. Um, and he plays physically, but you know, sometimes he gets in close and you can't really figure it out with his hands. Um, I feel like that held him back a little bit from putting up more points. Uh, and ob obviously, if you put up the more points, put up the more, uh, the higher in the lineup you'll play, and the more minutes. Okay. Um, Adam Varga, I think, is the only player in the history of me following the league, I guess, but specifically the Steelheads, that I've seen this much of an outward um, thanks for from fans, especially from teammates, uh, ever. I've that I've ever seen. Um, he did so much in the community. And I tweeted this out. Did so much in the community. He was so great to kids after the games. Um, and I feel like he really actually loved being here. There's a lot to do if, you, if you're if you an OHL player in Mississauga. It's a big city, especially if you've finished school. And last year, um, you know, it was talked about by uh, James Richmond in an interview last year that you know, at the, at the start of the year, he was kind of putting off assignments and, you know, he was just trying to focus on his game. And then JR said, you know, you got to do both. You got to focus on your schoolwork. You got to do your assignments. So, you know, he really turned it around, uh, obviously graduated. And this year he was an out of high school player. Um, he's a, it just comes down to the odd man out sometimes. Um 
they had acquired a few guys the Steelheads have, especially, you know, like a Calvin Martin on the front end um, over the last little while. So it's just kind of an odd man out. They got Ty Collins as well. It's an odd man out type thing. You, you got to get rid of a body and you look up and down the roster. Who's producing? Who's not? What age are they? And sometimes it lands on a guy in Adam Varga, even if your teammates, the whole team loves him. You know, you saw it all over social media the day he got traded. The whole team loves him. And he was a good guy. He was a great guy behind the scenes you know, in the community with the kids, all that good stuff. Um, so it's hard to see him go, but I wish him success in Ottawa. Uh, there you go. Steelheads open up another roster spot. They got a lot of rookies that, you know, you can't trade and uh, you want to give them some ice time as well on the bottom two lines. And when you trade for a guy like Calvin Martin, there's no way you got to give him some ice time as well, you know, second or third line. Um, so at the end of the day, not enough, too many bodies. Got to make some room. So we'll move on here to the CHL on Sportsnet schedule. It's finally announced. And obviously the Mississauga Steelheads. I would, listen, this podcast is going to revolve a lot around, I guess, Mississauga when we talk about OHL. Um, and it's going to revol- revolve a lot around the Leafs, but I'm going to try and talk about the Habs and if Ottawa's doing something. And, you know, if there's real news around the league, I'm going to talk about it. But, like, for example, if Edmonton Oilers, same old song and dance, it's Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. So, I mean, they're having a decent season, but there's no real big news out there. And I would rather talk about, you know, something crazy like the Leafs absolutely bombing it so far this year. So, if I'm, you know, call me out if I'm talking too much about certain teams, but uh, I think I'm spreading the love so far through four episodes. I really think I am. And I'm about to read out the entire CHL on Sportsnet schedule, which includes teams that are not in the OHL. So, um, yesterday, on the 17th, it was Moose Jaw at Saskatoon. Um, Next Saturday, November 23rd, it will be Mississauga Steelheads at the Ottawa 67s at 3.30 on Sportsnet, 3.30 p.m., Saturday afternoon game. The following day, on Sunday, November 24th, it would be Sudbury at Oshawa for a 2 p.m. game, which for Oshawa is rare because normally there's, especially their Sunday night games, or Sunday night games, they're at 6 o'clock. So for a 2 p.m. start for Oshawa on a Sunday afternoon, um, it's different, and they're on Sportsnet. Um, Moving on here, on Sunday, December 1st, it'll be Drummondville at Ramouski. And obviously, Ramuski has, you know, in the last couple episodes I've been talking about, uh, Ramuski has the top scores in the QMJHL. And Friday, December 6th, so the Friday after that, Owen Sound will be at London for a 7 o'clock or 7.30 start. Uh, Sunday, December 8th, it will be Gatineau at Ottawa, which is an interleague matchup, which they do, I believe, twice a year, uh, one time at Ottawa and one time at Gatineau. So a team from the QMJHL, the Gatineau Olympic, or I can't say it, uh, at the Ottawa 67s for 2 o'clock start, uh, Sunday, December 8th. Saturday, December 14th, it will be Kingston at Hamilton for 4 o'clock start. The regular 4 o'clock starts for Hamilton on Saturdays. Monday, December 30th, it will be the Edmonton Oil Kings at the Calgary Hitmen for a 9 p.m. start because, of course, Mountain Time. That'll do it for 
this year, and then you move on to January, January 5th, which is a Sunday. It'll be Saskatoon at Edmonton for a 3 o'clock start. Saturday, January 11th, Val d'Or at Quebec, 3.30. Thursday, January 16th, uh, it'll be the, <laughs> sorry, the CHL-NHL Top Prospects game, um, 7 o'clock start. Not really two CHL teams going at it, but, you know, the Top Prospects game. Interesting to see this year if it's Team Cherry versus Team Or with the whole thing that's going on, especially with Sportsnet broadcasting it. So who knows if it's going to be... Um, Team Cherry. Um, Thursday, January 23rd, London at Windsor for 7 o'clock. Saturday, January 25th, Kingston at Oshawa. Shane Wright on Sportsnet in Oshawa. In February, uh, February 1st, uh, Red Deer at Calgary, 3.30 p.m. Obviously, because why would you play a game at 3.30 in the morning? Sunday, February 16th, Quebec at Ramouski. Again, Ramouski has... um, those three leading scores for three o'clock start. Saturday, February twenty second, Oshawa at Hamilton for another classic four o'clock start on Saturday. February 29th, Barry at Ottawa, three thirty PM start. Uh, Sunday, March eighth, Kitchener, <laughs> who has Jacob Ingham at Windsor, two o'clock. Saturday, March fourteenth, Sue Greyhounds at London Knights, four PM. And finally, the last game of the season will be on Saturday. March 21st, Moncton at Halifax for a 3 o'clock start. Now, some great matchups on here. Especially, you know, great to see. I don't actually have a package this year. The only OHL games I can watch so far uh, are live at the Paramount Fine Food Center. So getting to see the Steelheads and a bunch of other teams from across different leagues. Definitely check these out. I mean, they're great broadcasts. And you get to see all these cool players and arenas from across the CHL. So it's cool to see it on Sportsnet. It's a good thing. Um, One thing, as I was going through this, is how is Sherbrooke not a home? First of all, a home uh, team in one of these broadcasts. And second of all, how are they not even on the broadcast schedule? Sherbrooke is the best team in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League this year. They've come out of nowhere. I've never really heard their team name before because they've never really made splashes, I guess, or some noise. They're finally the best team in the queue, and they, like, in a schedule that has at least, I would say, five games until March, five games a month until March, they're not on it. Why is that? Because, like... Personally, if I'm sitting at home and I don't have access to the QMJHL games or the WHL games, I would like to see some of the best teams in action. So it's a little weird. I would have liked to seen them on the schedule, but there's still some good matchups. Can't complain. Going to be watching a few games of Ramuski. That's good. They got the Alexis Lafreniere, obviously, and you get to watch Shane Wright. Some good matchups still. Little puzzling as to why Sherbrooke is not on the schedule. Obviously, sometimes it's subject to change. We've seen it in the past. They might drop a game, pick up another one. Who knows? So, um, over this last weekend, uh, leagues around the OHL finally installed the proper equipment uh, for new video reviews. So, the league is expanding their video review. 
Um, you know, you can video, uh, you can review now uh, major match penalties. So like any, I guess, five minute, uh, five minute penalties uh, in a game as conduct penalties, uh, high sticking dumbbell minors and offside scenarios. So all of these things are reviewable now. Um, now, we've seen it in the NHL, but finally now the OHL gets video tablets in the penalty box. So the refs can actually go into the penalty box and watch on a tablet if they have to review something. They can watch the playback. And I'm not sure if the rules are the same in the NHL, but like I just mentioned, you can, video, you can look back at video now for anything like high-sticking uh, high sticking double minors, but still that's a big deal obviously. Uh, because if your own teammate clips you and then they call a penalty on the other team, it doesn't make sense. Um, so they uh, installed new overhead cameras at each blue line. So obviously for offside reviews. Um, in addition to the tablets. This is a good thing, I think. I think we're finally starting to get things right. And I feel like there was a lot that was unreviewable in the OHL before that refs would get egregiously wrong. And I feel like now if they happen to make those same calls or it's called the same way, that the coaches now have the ability to go, hey, wait a second, let's go review that. And I feel like that's taking steps in the right direction. And I feel like if you can have half of the things reviewable, you should be able to review everything. Because like I said, if you can review goalie interference, which I'm about to get to, fully now, but your own teammate high sticks you in the face and you draw blood and the other team gets four minutes and you can't review that, that doesn't make sense to me. So I'm glad that they're slowly taking strides in the right direction and installing cameras, you know, making sure everything gets called right. It's good. Um, so now there's no coaches challenge in the OHL, like in the NHL, but now they have a coaches challenge for goaltender interference situations. So each OHL team uh, shall have the ability to initiate a coach's challenge in situations where the goaltender interference is involved in a goal or a no-goal call. Um, accessing video tablets, uh, tablets in the penalty box, referees will be enabled to issue a ruling in the event of a coach's challenge. So, for example, if... I'm going to go back to the Steelheads. If Kai Edmonds gets absolutely bulldozed over and then somebody comes and just pots the puck in and the refs call it a goal because they thought somebody had pushed someone else into the net from the other team. Um, James Richmond can now go, we'd like to review that. The refs can go over to the penalty box, look on the tablets, and see, hey, now that I'm watching it over, you know, not even in slow motion, but now that I've watched it a second time, I realized that Liam Hamm did not push somebody into the net, just using all the names as an example, did not push someone into the net. Um... And this person actually just took Edmund's feet out. Therefore, actually now we have no goal. This is good. We're taking steps in the right direction. I'm glad. Um, now, if the coach's challenge does result in a call on the ice being overturned, the team successfully uh, exercising the challenge will retain their ability to challenge an additional call for goaltender interference. So, if something is called a... Uh, let's say... Basically, you know what this means, I'm sure. But if uh, something is called a goal, you go to uh, challenge it, and the referees now deem it no goal, and they've changed the decision on the ice, you now have the ability, if this is to happen again somewhere down the line in the same game, you can challenge again. But if you lose, um, you can't. So uh, going forward, this is how um, things will be called. 
in the OHL, and I think it's a step, a great step in the right direction. Um, so, before we end the episode, I want to talk briefly, because there's so much you can go into, but I feel like the app is so new that there isn't much, and I haven't gone to the depths of looking at everything. All I know is personally, it's hard to use. The new CHL app. Everyone I've talked to, and I put out a tweet on Saturday where I said, I think it's time we have a serious conversation about the CHL app. And I think everyone agrees because I was getting nothing but it's too slow. It does nothing but load. Um, I agree with all of those things. Personally, the old apps looked outdated, but they worked. And you can't have an app if it doesn't work. It's frustrating because when you go on this new app, if it actually loads, which sometimes I've been at a game and somebody will mention something and I'll be like, oh, I actually don't know what place they're in or how many goals against they have, like North Bay, for example. Let me go check. And I go on my phone and it's just the spinning wheel of death. It just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And I go, hey, guess what? We're not going to get an answer tonight. I'll call you tomorrow in the morning to let you know when it loads. Because it's not loading. So sometimes the app doesn't even open. Then when it does, the tabs are too confusing. You got too many options to choose from. I get that they're trying to connect the leagues. It's a good concept. But so far, it hasn't come together great. I mean, and then when you click on standings, it just takes you to like almost like a browser of the website. It's not really standings on an app kind of thing. The new video portion, I think, is great where you can watch the highlights. It's a little buggy, but, like, it works, so I can't complain. It's If it's a little buggy, that's cool. You can fix that. But if it's broken, it's broken. There's a difference. If it works and it looks good, I'm for it. If it's buggy, you can always fix those things. The new video section looks great where you can read the articles. Cool. You choose your favorite team, and you get all that stuff in their tabs. That's great. Checking the standings, the stats, it's just weird and I don't know. It, it's it's different, but also it's confusing. And like some people don't like it. And the, the main thing is it doesn't load half the time. So you can't even check it. So there's a lot of things I think they did well. There are bugs. They can fix them. There are a lot of things that they definitely have to fix quickly. I think that they probably should have left the old apps up for maybe a year if possible, like the individual league apps for a year, if possible, while this thing ran its course for one year. And, you know, we got to see all the new features and, you know, there's some bugs and, you know, if the standings don't load, okay, you go back to the other app. That's cool. So, yeah, I think they did a lot of cool things with it. And I think it just needs time to grow on people. But at the same time, there are a lot of things that have to be fixed with it. And you know what? I'm sure they're aware of it. Come on. They're aware of it. They're probably fixing it. Let's just be patient. It's frustrating to use. And I think they should have left the old individual apps up in the meantime until this thing was perfect and working fully operational. But I think they did a great job with it and it looks good. And especially the video section. I'm a big fan of it. It's easy to use, easy to view and all, whatever team you're following, everything's there. It's great. It's a great concept. Yesterday, Hamilton was in Subway to play the Wolves. 
The Bulldogs won 11-10 to in overtime, and Quinton Byfield only had two points in the entire game. So that is one of the weirdest things I've seen. And before we finish up the episode this week, the North Bay Battalion have now let in 119 goals this season. They actually won this past weekend, so they're now actually 4-17 and for an 8 points on the season. But they have let in 119 goals. Next weekend, for sure, I will have the whiteboard up, and we are going to keep track of this because they are going to smash the record, and they're going to have more than 400 goals against this year. I promise you. Um, So thank you very much for watching this week or listening, wherever you're listening. I know some people, as mentioned to me, uh, actually listen in their cars uh, using, uh, you know, the YouTube uh, video, but they just... Kind of, they don't watch it obviously while they're driving, but they listen to it. Uh, so I want to thank you all for that. Obviously, you can find me on Spotify, um, anywhere you catch your podcast, except for iTunes. Still, still figuring it out, and I'm just as mad as you are. Um, so that's gonna get sorted out soon. Obviously, you can find this at YouTube. I post it on my socials, which I mentioned at the start of the show. Um, so thank you very much for watching this week. Uh, next week could be a very different week, um, especially you know in terms of Mike Babcock and stuff. But I think we're going to be hit with a lot of news. There's a lot boiling in the hockey world. Anyway, thank you so much for watching and listening this week. I really appreciate it. I'll be back next Monday with a new video. Uh, I record these every Monday afternoon, so Monday evenings they go up. So stay tuned for that. Uh, No other day. I will be doing the Mondays for the foreseeable future. I will see you guys next week, uh, next Monday.